most e-commerce businesses fail because they either don't have the right products or they run out of money trying to find them. So right now we're doing a 30 day series on how to find a big breakthrough in e-commerce. And so I've broken this down into four, what I call breakthrough barriers. These are almost like a checklist you can use that if your e-commerce business is stuck or if you're looking to build one, you can figure out how to find the biggest leverage point in your company to unlock huge growth. And so breakthrough barrier number one is the market. You gotta make sure you're in the right market. So we've covered most of that so far. Breakthrough barrier number two is your merchandise or products. We're in that section right now. Next up, we're gonna talk about breakthrough barrier number three, which is marketing. And then lastly, manager, which is you, the person running the business. So I recommend starting with making sure you're in the right market, you've got the right products or doing the right marketing. And last but not least, to make sure you, as the entrepreneur, as the person driving the company, are doing the best job managing yourself as possible. So we're gonna cover all of these different things. Right now, we're in the merchandise section. And so, so far, we've covered why you must keep improving your products. That was two episodes ago. Then we also covered how to tell if you have the right products right now. And so that was the episode we just did that released yesterday. Now, what if you don't have the right products in your e-commerce business? So you understand you've got to keep improving them. Maybe you're in the right market. You're in a growing market, so you're in the right space. Um, but if you don't have the right products, what do you do about it? Well, to give you a little story of how I kind of realized the strategy here is that, you know, we were cranking along. This is actually in a non-e-commerce business, but the principle applies either way. Uh, years ago, we were building amazing.com. And so we were selling primarily our main product was amazing selling machine, selling that sort of training program that helped a lot of people build e-commerce businesses. And I had the bright idea of rather than selling a premium education program where you kind of pay once and you get access to essentially everything forever, uh, instead doing a monthly membership that's only 39 bucks a month. And so I decided to basically change this new, the whole business into this new product, which had never worked out as well because people just kind of, they preferred to have, you know, this premium product that they bought, they paid once, they built their business and they were off doing whatever they want to do. They didn't necessarily want a million different training courses that they had to pay this monthly fee for. So it wasn't the right product for the right market, but I basically put the whole business on the line and nearly killed the company making that product change decision overnight. And so after this huge mistake that I made, I went through every decision-making book, article, Wikipedia page that I could possibly find. Uh, there's a page on Wikipedia that talks about your cognitive biases. There was, at the time, 160-something of them. I literally started reading every single one of these, trying to figure out how do I avoid making dumb decisions like this again. And so then I started kind of putting together my own decision-making guide. And then as I was diving through this material, there was one of these things that said, okay, as you're making this decision, especially us as entrepreneurs, we get so excited about building stuff. We start getting overly optimistic. We think there's almost no chance this thing is going to fail, even though statistically there's a good chance a new product or a new marketing campaign is not going to work out. But that's totally fine because you just keep going after that. But when I was reading this, they talked about when you come into something, be optimistic, be positive about it. That's great. It gives you the energy to move forward, but test small. You can be excited about doing something, but you don't have to put everything on the line, even though you're highly confident, kind of quote unquote, highly confident this thing is going to work out, still test small. That's when everything changed for me. So whether it's a new product or new marketing campaign, I'm always trying to figure out how do I figure, how do I determine the answer to this as cheaply and inexpensively as possible? And so the framework for doing this, number one, this is a huge tip. So testing small is the strategy, 
But as far as actually making that happen, one of the best ways to stack the odds of success in your favor is to not try to invent everything on your own. If you're inventing a new product, for example, still try to test small. But if you are okay selling almost anything, look at what's already selling well. Look at your competitors. Look at the products that they sell that you don't sell right now. If you're trying to find a new product that works and they have a product that's crushing it for them, just copy them. It's okay. Steve Jobs, one of the greatest, uh, most creative entrepreneurs in history that the company now that he built is worth $3 trillion. He says he's always been shameless about copying other people. You don't have to copy their branding, take any of their trademark material, do any of that kind of stuff that would get you in legal issues. But if they have a product that's in your category that's not protected by any patents or anything that you can copy, do that. That's a good starting point for your business. Then number two, test with as little money as possible. And so if you can find the answer to whether this product is going to work for a thousand bucks rather than a hundred thousand dollars, choose the cheaper option. You can always get more inventory later. The biggest mistake you can make is over committing. And all you're doing is trying to find out, do people actually want this product? Because as many products as I've tried to sell, as many marketing campaigns as I've tried to run, I never know what's going to happen with a new product until I put it out there and try to actually sell it. That's what really lets you know if you're onto something. So test with as little money as possible. Third, double down on stuff that works. So if you find a product that's working and you run out of inventory, fantastic. Buy more inventory. Slowly scale up from there. And then four, if it doesn't work, perfect. Cut it out. Then that small bet that you placed didn't pan out and that lets you uh, have the money to invest in more bets. The more bets you can place, the more likely you're to hit a big winner. But if you blow all of your budget on one single test or one single product, and if that doesn't work, you're out of business, chances are you're probably going to be out of business. So then step number one, clone others if possible. See what's working for other people and do that. Number two, test with as little money as possible. Number three, double down on the things that work. Four, cut the stuff that doesn't work. And then five, just keep repeating this process basically forever. Even if you end up with a bunch of big winners, you're going to want more winners. And so you're going to keep repeating this process kind of forever. So today with our e-commerce business, uh, LifeBoost, we will still test as small as possible with every new product that we release. Our goal is to not have to spend more than about $5,000 to launch a new product. If it costs more than that for us to launch a new product, it's probably too risky. And we do, you know, about $40 million a year in sales right now, we still want to play small tests when it comes to adding new products. Now, one question to kind of wrap up is why add new products to an existing brand versus start a new brand? The reason is, is because it's way more efficient. If you have an existing brand and you're like, okay, I want to try out this new product, you can sell anything you want. But some cases, if it's a complete deviation from your current brand, then you're probably going to have to create new brand assets, new logo, new social media, new email accounts, new website, all that kind of stuff that takes a lot of time and effort just to find out if a new product works. But if you've gone through this process with us in this 30-day series and you've already found that you're in a good market, well, if you're in a good market, then you don't necessarily need to jump into a new market. You just need to find a better product within that market. And so it's going to be way more efficient if you expand your existing brand that you've already put a lot of time and effort into versus trying to come up with a completely new product in a completely new market that doesn't fit your brand at all. So when in doubt, try to stick within your existing brand and expand from there. So tomorrow, we're going to cover how a luxury car maker produces far more profit selling only one half of 1% of the number of cars as one of the biggest car makers in the world and how you can use this same principle to build the most profitable e-commerce business 
possible. So subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcasting platform or on YouTube to get this full series and all future episodes 100% for free. I can't wait to see you tomorrow.